0: Yeah Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where the Orchard of Wisdom shows are at your fingertips. It ignites your soul, your heart, your spirit, your mind, and your body with illumination from people who have made the journey before you. They're here now to help you on your journey, on your path of self-discovery. We are funded by you, the audience, and the people we interview. If you wish to support us, please go to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com and press on our Fund Action button. Anything is appreciated. We would like you to sit back and enjoy the shows. Here we go. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to Raising Our Gifted Children right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my wonderful repeat guest is Armin Brot. He was here a couple of years ago, kind of at the beginning of COVID, where we actually did a show on, uh, you know, Dad Speaks to Parent Abuse During Corona. And I do invite you to go back and listen to that show, kind of to what was happening there. You know, people get frustrated while being lockdown and uh, you know, they take it out on their kids and it was a very very insightful show um and when you think about it, that was at the beginning of it. And here we are two years later, still very much in the midst of it. So a, a very important show to listen to. And today we're going to be talking about a couple of his books, a, a New Father, A Dad's Guide to the Toddler Years, but an even newer book, The Expectant Father, The Ultimate Guide for Dads to Be. And, uh, you know, yes, dads need that information too. You don't just suddenly go from being a husband or the hot lover to, you know, dad and just think that overnight it's just going to be there. Certain things do kick in, but there's a lot of information you need to know. So he's a men's health analyst um, and he's uh, written many, many, many books and all of them on a wonderful guidance system for you all. Um, He thinks one of the biggest risks to civilization is a low birth rate and the rapidly declining birth rate. That's what Musk actually said. And, uh, you know, birth rates have plummeted though during COVID apparently they went up a bit (laughs) because I have a a COVID grandchild. Um, We're going to be talking about parenting. He's really the guy to go to. He knows all about it and uh, there's a lot of parenting tips that we need to know isn't it and especially those expectant fathers, the terrible twos which then come back again as the terrible teens, <laughs> except for the teens talk yeah. back, right? <laughs> There's a lot of wonderful phases to go through as a parent. So welcome back to the show man.
1: My pleasure to be here. Thanks so much.
0: So which book are we going to talk about? Father? The Expectant Father, before we get to the toddler years?
1: Well, you know, the toddler years, you, you mentioned that coming back, the, the terrible twos coming <laughs> back. There was actually a, a researcher, I think his name was Fitzhugh Dodson. It's a wonderful name. Who who called the toddler years first adolescence? That it's Mm. it's very much the same. It's go away from me. I want to do it myself. Leave me alone. I'm gonna with with, you know it's it's articulated a little bit differently as an adolescent. I I want to be myself. I want to explore my identities. But but it's just a very similar kind of thing. It's kind of it's kind of funny. A lot of people don't make that connection but when mm. you point it out to them they say oh you know it, it's it's right it's similar. yeah and they don't have the vocabulary different.
0: quite at the age of two so it's a, no. you know you know it's kind no. of a few words they do know with a lot of force and then no. there's the vocabulary that follows in the teens <laughs> where yeah. they you can't shut them up because they've got so much to
2: say
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but it's still it's still black and white they're still learning their brains yeah. aren't still aren't fully developed and uh, they, they don't realize that they aren't the center of the universe quite yet. Although what? it's becoming, it's becoming clear <laughs> clearer and clearer for the teenagers that, oh, no, you mean there are other people I have to worry about? Yes, yeah.
0: other people I have to think about, right? And yes. again, let's like go back to, you know, the expectant father, you know, um, the, he's been that adolescent, grown into an adult, you know gone through the various love stories and then apparently found the one in, in the perfect uh, world and, you know, has now, you know, about to become a father and it's a, a totally different thing. Like it's um, not only is it, it's wonderful, you know, you hold this baby and it's a whole new life there, but it's also the responsibility that comes with it, uh, the accountability that comes with it. And what do I do now?
1: Yeah. Well, that, that's funny. That's the first question and the biggest question that has, has not changed over the course of, of the years. The, the first edition of The Expecting Father came out more than 20 years ago and I, I've continually updated it and, and republished. And so now we're on the fifth edition and it's a completely new book. I mean, it's twice as big as the old one and it's, it's a, there's almost nothing left of the original book. But, but what's, what people ask me often is what's changed over the 20 years? Yeah. Uh, and, and in some ways, a lot has changed. But in some ways, it's, it's that exact question that you just said, now what do I do? Yeah, is, help. And, and that starts, of course, during the pregnancy. And that's a case that I've tried to make throughout. The, from the reason, one of the reasons why I wrote the book is that, that the research shows that the earlier guys get involved, <clears throat> the earlier guys get involved, the more involved they'll be. they'll be. And that process starts before you actually have the baby. It starts during the pregnancy. Um, going to the OB visits with your partner, uh, asking a lot of questions, understanding that the process of becoming a parent is pretty significant for mothers. Absolutely, no question about that. But the psychological, from from the neck up part, the the psychological part of it Mm. is just as profound and and maybe even more so for dads because we have fewer role models and we have fewer Mm. sources of support and, and inspiration uh, but it's just as important for dads to understand that you're going to be a very different guy when that baby shows up than you were the moment your partner said, hey, we're expecting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That your, your world is going to change. Your worldview is going to change. Your outlook, what you think about, what you're worried about, your career choices may change. Your career direction may change. Your priorities certainly will will change. There's a wonderful image uh, that some researchers here near, near, nearby UC Berkeley, uh, Phil and Carolyn Cowan came up with. It was a, a pie chart, basically. We all have seen pie charts, just a circle. So you just you take this, draw, draw a circle on a piece of paper and divide it up into sections of a pie, to, you, the various parts of your life. And if mm-hmm. you're back to an adolescent, you, you draw that pie chart and it's all about me. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is me. And then as you get older, you get older, then you're going to divide it in half. And it's me. And then it's my partner. And then maybe later on, you divide it in thirds. It's me and my work and my partner. And, and what happens is that the things get changed. The, 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 it, it, and when you, when you add that baby,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's when the me section gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. You spend, so, you spend more of your time on the baby, more and more of the time on the baby. You spend more time with your partner, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that part can also shrink too and the work part becomes less important for a lot of people. so it's, it's just it's fun to do that as an exercise. Uh, do, do it when the pregnancy starts do it halfway through do it after your baby's a year old and it's it's remarkable how much we change and uh, how much we aren't even really aware of it until somebody points it out.
0: Um, I same you know before we went in the air, I recently become a grandmother my grandson is nine and a half months old now. And um, my daughter married a wonderful partner, partner. And I write from the word go, you know, she morning sickness. He was there, granola bars rubbing the back. Can I do anything for you? You know, like totally immersed in her well-beingness um, and everything that she went through. Um, and she was 41 weeks. Uh, she was uh, 48 hours in labor. And he was there the entire time. Uh, it was a complicated birth, relapsed bladder afterwards, and and uh, the whole thing that she had to go through afterwards. And he has been a totally and completely immersed, hands-on father, husband, and, and uh, you know, and, and just partner there. And you know, for my daughter's very strong-willed. You know, you're having a baby with me. You are co-parenting. There is no one parent. She saw me do that, so she said no we're in it together. And they, they have the time things. He will get up at four with the baby and uh, she will get up later. And, you know, they have their whole schedule. And of course, you know, babies are very, very demanding, especially in the early years. And so they realize at the present moment, their life is entirely the baby. Oh, why they were doing this, they were building the house as well. moved in two weeks before the baby was born (laughs) and you know going through covid at the same time and everything else so you know talk about pressure they really put it on themselves but he really has stepped up to the plate and they're both very very immersed in the in the child and she came up to me um I'm um, an hour and 40 minutes away she came up for the day we we're going to our Gardens and she left the baby with me for a couple of hours and they went out for their first lunch together their first meal together since they had the baby and actually went shopping without the baby and kind of realized gosh we are actually two adults <laughs> you know, it's not <laughs> all about the baby but I think that's something that, that an expectant father or even maybe even mother doesn't realize those first that first year and a half really is kind of totally baby isn't it everything is around that child and then it gets to a point where you know you can leave the baby with the babysitter with the grandmother or you can the baby's going to sleep better through the night there's just a little bit more breathing room yeah. but, but yeah. that first year especially is it's you who are you you're just parents working for the baby
1: well yes and but I gotta say it sounds like your your daughter and your son-in-law are doing it exactly right mm-hmm. because what they're what they've decided is apparently that they don't have to divide everything up exactly equally right but they can do things at different times mm-hmm. as you're you're, you're he, he can get up at four in the morning and she can get up later as opposed to having them both get up at the same time and share the the joys of midnight wakeups, which yeah. are, are horrible uh, but if you if you do that and you say well you know what i'm i'm better at these particular tasks mm-hmm. and so i'm going to do those and so it's not like we have to change. You change six diapers. I change six diapers. Right. It's not. Everybody will, should change some diapers. But mm-hmm. if you start dividing everything in half, it becomes really painful for everyone. And it's not the most efficient way to do it. But no. also- and, and then
0: it's like, well, you haven't done it. I've done one diaper more. And you know, you're building up a, a ground there that's just yeah. going to be you know, a sewage pit at the end of it, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And also, I mean, another thing that, that they're doing right that I always recommend to expectant fathers and, and, and new fathers is be aware that mm-hmm. your life is going to gradually starting during the pregnancy, when you have your own job, you have your own life, you have yep. your hobbies, right. it becomes less and less and less and less about that and more and more about the baby mm-hmm. And it be pretty soon you becomes kind of as you were alluding to the, the 24-hour baby channel.
0: yeah that's
1: right. all we talk about. And mm-hmm. so couples have they're at high risk for relationship problems if they don't get out, and do some things if they don't devote some time every day to talking about something other than the baby
0: right because if
1: they just focus on the baby all the time and they don't take advantage of grandma to, to watch the baby mm-hmm. for a little while so they can go out and have lunch together or see a movie or have sex or something right i mean you know if, if they don't do that they're they'll find that they have less and less and less to talk about. Right. And if you look at divorce statistics, mm-hmm. which nobody should do, but they should they just okay. listen to this, but the, the, the group with the highest likelihood of divorce are parents with kids under five, mm-hmm. uh, that, where they just have never really completely gotten back to their pre-baby level of right. communication and, and growth and development because they're so focused on the baby. And it's, so it's super important to do exactly what you said to say in, in a way, just turn your life over to the baby for the first year. If you yeah. try to jam the kid into a, a schedule of eating, or if you try to force the baby to do if, do things, you're going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. It's better to just say, all right, the kid's he's in this particular kind of nap schedule. All right, we'll work with that. Mm-hmm. And we'll come up with what we need to do. After a while, of course, you're going to start with rules and regulations yeah. and all sorts of things. But so, so you you need to, it's a Zen type thing. You need to figure yep. out whether you're going to bend or break. And oh,
0: I'm glad yeah. you said that. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. I refer to that all the time. I, I find it a great deal of people that have been on their own self-discovery. You know, they've been on their own journey into becoming who they are. And now they found who they are, right? And they know what they want. But they're so scared of breaking, they've forgotten how to bend. And we have got to be flexible, because not everything is a straight line and not everything is, you know, the wind's going to blow <laughs> and you, yeah. you want, you want your branch on your tree to be flexible, you know, to go with the wind. Otherwise it will break. And, you know, talking your mom and dad, don't forget you a husband and wife. Don't forget you a woman, and man, whatever the partnership is, is um, you are a person that met another person that created another person, but don't right. forget the original people.
1: Right. Well, it's not just mom and dad and husband and wife. It's also worker, uh, employee, employer, son, daughter, that all of these other things that there's the wind, but it's not yeah. always a wind from one direction. It's not always the same yeah. direction. Sometimes it's two directions at once.
0: Right. You be dealing with
1: aging parents.
0: <laughs> yes, yes.
1: And so then one other one of the parent, baby's parents is going to have to step up and do a little bit more with the baby while the other one deals with the parents. I mean, there's so many things and having a, a basic philosophy of we're in this together, we're going to support yeah. each other, things change. That I mean, it, there there are certain examples, certain times where there's one person who does nothing and the other person yeah. does everything. That's just completely not fair. But I think for for most families, they generally have a let's do it together, let's figure out yeah. how to do this. And if you've got somebody who's got a really hard job. That needs to be taken into consideration. That maybe if that's the sole supporter of the family, yeah, okay, then, yeah. then that person really does need to get more sleep, perhaps, yeah, because yeah. he or she needs to be able to function during the day. But on the weekends, we'll take over more of the of the the child care, the baby care, in, in addition to mowing the lawn and taking out the trash and things.
0: Right. Um,
1: but so it's really a question of again. D- having some discussions, a lot of it is really just talking. The stuff doesn't take care of itself. Right. Uh, you need to sit down and say, what are we going to do? And, and how are we going to do it? And how are we going to divide things up today?
0: Yes. It,
1: it, it, tomorrow may be different, but let's try to have a general philosophy, a general plan for moving forward. And that's a, another one of the things in the classes that I teach for Expectant Dads is, is to start having those conversations now and to talk to each other in particular about the dad's role Mm
2: -hmm. because
1: the mom and the dad are not always in the same place yeah moms have a tendency to compare what the husband does to what she does Mm -hmm. and often it turns out that he's doing less or he's doing less of the things that are important to her Mm -hmm. he may Mm -hmm. think but the husband the guys have a tendency to compare that what they're doing to what their own dad did
0: right or what
1: some other guy is doing and so Um, you've got mom is not happy dad is pretty happy mm-hmm. and so so you have to have a conversation about that because if you just imagine it's going to take care of itself you're sorely mistaken
0: right so oh yeah please do not let leave things kind of to boil <laughs> you know, yeah
1: you yeah. know
0: it's uh, there's going to be a fire there somewhere um and you know it's also i think we know that um s- sleep deprivation is there in the first months i mean even now nine and a half months they still got that sleep deprivation uh, because you you know they i always used to nap when my kids napped they won't do that they can't do that and i say you know that's that's what your new new parents do when my kids went down even if i didn't sleep it would be kind of a bit of a timeout. not all the time because obviously it's the time to kind of do the dishes and other things that you need to do right <laughs> but when you can take advantage of that do it and they're, they're not nappers, unfortunately. So, of course, you know, they're running on that minus clock all the time. This is not the time to kind of compare anything. This is not the time to even have a discussion. You're both so tired that you're going to end up nitpicking. And, you know, and start an argument going to come out of just the fact that you're tired and you're both irritated and you just rrr, want to take it out on each other. That is not the yeah. time. So know your timing, right, when you want to bring something up.
1: Well, and and understand that there are a whole bunch, particularly in the early months of Mm -hmm. parenthood, a whole bunch of factors that are conspiring against you and your relationship, really, that you've got, as you said, the the craziness of the situation, Mm -hmm. the baby's schedule is all over the place. Parents are just generally not getting enough sleep. So there's that. They're also not talking, as we, we right. talked about. They're not talking to each other as much because they're both so tired. They're both afraid of bringing anything up because they're afraid it's going to turn into a, a, a big fight. They aren't spending time with friends and family as much as they used to. Right. So there isn't as much to talk about. And these days, people aren't going to the office as much as they used to. So mm-hmm. they don't have the, the funny stories about the guy that, down the hall that used to do what, whatever crazy things. So there's not as much to talk about. They're not having as much sex as they think that they should be often. And so all of those things together really create an environment where problems can fester and explode. And so, again, it gets back to the, and I, I suggest that people do this during the pregnancy. Try to put aside 15 minutes a day. In the beginning, it's not going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, As you get towards the end of the pregnancy, it's going to be harder and harder. But 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day to just talk about something other than the baby. Right. And maybe these days we could say other than the baby and Mm -hmm. other than COVID. Uh, and, you know, and of course, with them, other
0: than building a house, yes,
1: <laughs> right, exactly, it's right, yeah. just no, no more molding and conversations. right,
0: exactly, yeah. and and of course, unfortunately, they were caught up as anybody in this last two years is caught up. Is that normally you can go to the Lamans classes, you can meet other expectant parents, and you can even kind of form you know, a bond with people where, you know, now I had a friend where I would look after her kids and she and her husband can go out and vice versa. And you had that support group, right? And now, you know, all of that has been taboo. It's all been done by Zoom and you don't really kind of get to meet people. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what my daughter is finding right now is that she feels so isolated because she's actually more in the countryside of not meeting other parents with other kids. And, you know, that your kids need that right. and you need that. You need to have another, I, I, do you know what he did then? You know, because yeah. it's it's just that little bit of bitch fest of getting it off your chest or sharing ideas. And we are at a time period where there's still that kind of isolation or that non, uh, not ability of just getting together and doing things. And so therefore you you look to your partner to be it all. And your partner may not know it all, or they haven't got someone that they need to kind of get it off their chest. So yeah. it can be difficult, can't it, in these times?
1: It can be. I, I think there, there are ways of working around that. I mean, hopefully we'll get back to people going to parks and, mm-hmm. and congregating. But I think for, for dads especially, it's a challenge.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I remember this from when I was uh, an expectant fat father all three times, going to the park as a dad and there would always be a group of moms in a corner of the park somewhere talking and, and exchanging stories about t- t- the most mundane things. I mean, certainly there's, yes. oh, my God, oh, my God, the baby did this. And then they yes. all talk about that. <laughs> or where do you get the best diapers? Or right. who's got free meals for kids or, you know, yes. whatever it is. But the dads are not always welcome in those those situations. And they don't feel that they're welcome. So, they're, I mean, they, they might be welcomed more than they think they are. But they yeah. have a tendency to stay away. So like, dads go into the whole thing with fewer resources and they're less likely to ask for help when they need it. Yeah. So there are places, there are, there are dad support groups that are available online, there are dad's blogging groups, there are different kinds of things like that, that are, are important resources for guys to be checking out about how they can have a community of some kind and somebody to ask for help. Because what, one of the most comforting things is to realize that you're not the only person who's ever experienced this. Yes. But there, are, yeah. there are other people who have been through this same thing. And there probably are some people within your zip code who are going through right. it right now. And when we get back to the parks, go to the park. If you see a guy by himself, go say hello and say, hi, how are your kids? Whatever, it, it's it's no, it, you know, I talk about this with, with men when I do a lot of work in men's health. It's a sign of strength to ask for help
0: I agree. as opposed
1: to a sign of weakness. And too Mm -hmm. many of us, whether it's a question of guys not going to the doctor until we're bleeding. Mm. uh, And even then we wait uh, because it's so, you know, I don't want to be a wimp about it. I don't want to, I can can handle (laughs) it. It's it's the same thing with fatherhood is we don't, we don't want to ask for help because we don't want people to think that we can't do it or we don't want to. Or you really don't know apologize. what you're doing,
0: which is quite honestly You don't really know what you're doing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or you really don't know what you're doing. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> but either, either one of these can be a reason to not ask for help. And and it's you just have to get to a place. Say, you yeah. know what, I can't do this on my own.
0: Yeah. So. Um, they're lucky because their best friends had two kids before COVID. So not only did they get masses of amount of toys and baby paraphernalia, um, but they, they were kind of a, a resource thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but I remember um, I was at her place and they were busy doing something with the closets and the baby was on the bed with pillows all around him. And unbeknownst to them, I mean, he could roll, but they didn't know he could roll over the pillow or- and he fell off the bed. So, of course, the crying, I hear the thump. And you know, as a mother, you always know, well, oh, that's a different thump, right? Yeah. yeah, you're in tune. I go rushing up there. Of course, the baby's crying. He's holding the baby. My my daughter's like, I'm a terrible mother. <laughs> you know, why do not I see yeah. this coming? And the baby had a good cry and then looked at me and smiled. I he's fine. Well, no, what do you mean he's fine? Got the light out into his eyes. Has he got concussion? Do we need to run to the hospital? And I said, no, he's fine. He'll have a good sleep. And when he wakes up, he, you know, he'll be fine. You're, and yeah. they checked him all over. But it's a, it was that first time I said, this is going to happen a lot. And, of course, he's at that stage now where he wants to walk and he's climbing everything and he's top heavy. So he falls over and a little bump here and a little bump there, and they take it in their stride now. But that first time anything happens, I'm, I'm a terrible parent. And it's like you can be as cautious as you want, but stuff is going to happen. And it's, you know, the calmness of dealing with it at the time, you know, you, to know, you know, when it's time to go to the hospital or not. But yeah. these are learning curves, right? And to, today, of course, they've got Google, they immediately Google it. What do you do when <laughs> you know, this happens?
1: Yeah. Well, there's a, a metaphor that I can't even remember where I, I heard this thing in the first place. It was about looking at what happens when you drop a pacifier, your baby spits a pacifier out. With with your first baby, you pick it up and you rush to the to the faucet and you wash <laughs> it off very carefully with soap and water. With the second baby, you pick it up and you probably put it in your own mouth and yeah. rinse it off. <laughs> and, and the third baby, you just pick it up and you brush it off and you give it back. To them. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, you re- you realize slowly that they're
2: the tougher than you
1: think. Yeah. Indestructible is a strong word.
2: Yeah. They can
1: they can take a pretty yeah. good thump. And I mean, I, I had a, a similar kind of thing with, uh, with my oldest who, when she was maybe four months old and not able to roll over,
2: mm-hmm.
1: she was in a bassinet. So, you know, one of those things that's got yep. a wall about this big. And I was on the phone and I turned around for a moment and I heard the thump
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I flipped around. She, she had somehow put together, and this can happen sometimes, a couple of moves that are one in a million things for a mm-hmm. baby that, that age. And somehow catapulted herself out of there, and landed on a rug. And she squawked for a little while, and she's fine. And I, I always take refuge in the fact that she, she went to college, took AP calculus. She, you know, so, 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 <laughs> no brain, her, her brain damage, today, yeah. No, no brain damage, as far as we could tell. But you know, these things happen, yes, and they do. and it, it's a natural response to say, "Oh my God, I'm a terrible parent." Yes, and me, you mean, know what? All right, so you learned something. Yes. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. Watch yeah. your kids a little bit better next time. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we we all, you're not going to get everything right all the time. No. And it, it's, I'm, uh, I'm
0: going to share a tip here, though, uh, for anybody ahead. that when a kid does do that and gets the owie and the bruise, you know, that, that you know it's coming up. Um, hard boil an egg. While the egg is still hot, take the shelf off. Rub the hard boiled egg on the area. There's an enzyme in the egg that brings the bruising out from first stage to last stage at first they go oh it's hot then it's ah it's nice and it does something that draws it all out it eases the pain and it will, you know you can go from that you know before even the bruise comes out you know the, when it comes out it's kind of purple and then it goes yeah. into that light kind of greeny blue it will take it straight to the greeny blue and it takes the swelling wow. down and everything else unfortunately my my daughter and her husband are vegan so they have no eggs around but <laughs> if you're not vegan and you've got eggs around I don't know how many times I've done this including the teenage years where I ran into a wall Mum, <laughs> you know, and the hard-boiled egg has come out and it works wow. every time so it's a great tip for anybody and we you know get those little knock it's wonderful on bruising
1: I had no idea
0: yeah I but my ex-husband is Chinese and Somebody was passing our daughter to me, and she let go before I grabbed her, and she hit the corner of the table and a big wackaroo. And he immediately got the egg out. There has it been done ever since. So, yeah, wow. it works. It works. Simple measures. That thing, that, that's
1: bad. Bad news for those of us who really like to see the bruises.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> Put your machoism away. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, it's everybody kind of thinks, you know, that first. I mean, yes, accidents do happen. Um, I grew up with a friend up the road, her husband, her father was a doctor, and it was the time before they put bars on the the heaters, the bar heaters, and she was crawling and she put her entire hand over the bar, and of course, it melted on the bar, even when they switched it off, you know she ended up with just melted flesh over this bar. I mean that catastrophic and you know the moral they put bars on it after that but you know there are certain things like he's at that climbing and crawling and getting into mischief stage where you have to be okay things need to be raised up Um, things need to be cushioned corners on the tables need to be put in place Uh, you know it's like precaution you know okay this is the stage we're at they're going to look to getting into trouble any way they can because they're exploring they don't know they can't they're just going to do and uh, you know they'll find things under the couch that you thought were never there or that you lost a year ago yeah. you know and it's yeah. like yes take some various cautionary things but if something does happen and you've taken all the cautions, so you know don't beat yourself up about it because we don't there are very few people that ever ever intend to really hurt their children It just accidents do happen. Of course, you do have those people that do, and for various reasons. But um, they're not
1: listening to this show, though.
0: They're certainly not listening to this show, and it's like stuff will happen, and it's um, it's what you do from that, you know, that that counts. And one of the other things, please, parents, do not blame each other. That is, you know, oh, talk about you know, the virus, that is going to become an Omnicom completely if you start blaming each other.
1: Yeah, I, I think a lot of it, though, is is preparing yourself properly. And that's to, to get back for, for a moment just to the books. Mm-hmm. That's why I wrote them, is, is for people to understand what's coming next. Yes. And you're talking about childproofing. They've got sections in The Expectant Father about that, that before you have your baby, you should be crawling around on the floor, mm. pretend you're a baby. And, and all of a sudden, if you think of yourself, you look down and you see, wow, there's an outlet. Yes. And you know what? That looks like the perfect place to put that pair of scissors that I just yeah. found over there, yeah. which shouldn't be there, of course. Right. But And then, you know, the, the, the potato chips under the couch that, yeah. of course, I would throw them away. But, or, well, I remember as, as a kid, I ate a, a light bulb, a piece of a light bulb for, oh for I mean, the most ridiculous reason because I thought it was a potato chip that was under the couch so I ate it but it was a light bulb and you know spit it all out but I mean I was old enough to, to know better but
0: and just spit and, it like, it doesn't taste like a chip <laughs> yeah, well
1: it was a little a little crunchier than I thought a potato chip should be but yeah and then you see the, the cords hanging down from the drapes and, and that yes. looks like something you should put your neck in there well if, uh, so you start thinking
2: mm.
1: as opposed to just Saying, okay, we're going to child proof. It's more than that. It's really yeah. getting down and putting yourself at, at child level and looking at the world. And then when you're crawling around, you see that if you stand up quickly, you're going to hit your head on the bottom of, the, of a table or a chair. Right. Well, okay, then so maybe not just the corners, yes. but maybe sometimes the underside of a table needs to be padded a little bit too. Right, uh, and you know, those chairs looks like you could lean on them, and yeah. kids develop realize before they can walk that they can push the chair along. Yes. Well, some chairs. I pull are, it over. <laughs> right. Maybe you need to put something on the bottom of the chair legs so they don't slide quite so easily. Mm. Uh, the, the things that it, it it becomes a huge job if you think you're going to do it in one day, but if you do it a little bit at a time, mm. you can do that. But it's it's a question of not just preparing. In, in, a, in a physical way for what's going on, but also preparing your head. Yeah. How, how are you gonna to adapt to this particular stage of, of pregnancy? Uh,
0: yes, yes. I mean, I know it can all sound quite horrific until you have that child in your arms. And but you know, we look at back because, you know, the beauty of Google pictures now, you know, shared back and forth. Uh, there's thousands of pictures of this little nine and a half month old at various stages. And now and again, she does a, a side by side three months to the, you know, to the nine months. And it's like, is that the same child? And he's now doing this and he's now doing that. And the, the thing about if that first year or that first two years, the exploration is just, you know, oh everything is a wonderment let me try everything there is no sense of um oh no i shouldn't do this this is dangerous it's just let's explore and it's wonderful because they need to do that that's part of their development and to watch them explore and discover this and discover that is exciting it's like, they're doing this now. They're doing that now. And it's wonderful. But uh, yeah, it can be a little hair-raising uh, because yeah. you know, there's the safety factor along the way. But d- don't, you know, take a deep breath. Don't, don't worry about it. It's just like learning this knowledge now and learning the knowledge in the books beforehand prepares you for when that time comes so it's not so overwhelming.
1: Yeah, and, but there's, there's another piece of this, which is, and you touched on it very briefly, when you said watching them.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that they don't need to be entertained or managed every moment. And that's one of the things I think with, with couples now, young couples Mm -hmm. where they both work hard, uh, they come home at the end of the day or when a lot of people are going back to work now so that when they come home and they feel that they want to pack every, every learning experience and everything into the time that kids need time to learn, to be independent. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And you can just sit on one side of the couch and watch your child play yeah. And I, I mean, I, I tell the guys in the, my my classes that I teach at a hospital here uh, that if I could give them a gift, it would really be the gift of time Yeah, that they, they would have. They would just relax because it's something that older older parents tend to do more than younger parents Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but it's wonderful to be able to see the world that way to be able to see the funny things that they do and to see how they learn things yes they they pick something up and they're building a little tower and it and they finally get the second block on top of the first and it falls over and then they try it again they Mm. move it over a little bit a little bit closer to the center line and you just see they grab how they learn it's fascinating yeah and if we if we jump in and save them every time they fall down we're doing damage i think but they're, learn they're to, not but learning to
0: get back up they're right. always going to be this somebody else going to be there to help us back up and that's yeah. not always the case in life right?
1: no and, and it's, it's actually interesting one, one of the, the differences that researchers have observed between fathers and mothers is when they've got their toddlers for example they'll be walking out with a toddler and Dads tend to wait a few seconds longer than moms do before picking up a falling toddler Mm -hmm. that moms are jumping in to pick them up. And the dads are are basically saying, let's just see. I think you can do this. Yeah. If you can't, I'll help you, but give it a try. And, and that having that exposure to dad or to somebody who waits a few seconds longer helps kids a lot. It helps make them make them more perseverant. They're, they're less likely to give up and, and look around and wait for somebody to save them. And instead of, you know, I'll, I'll try it again. All right, it didn't work out the first time, let's do it again. Um, that That's an attitude that comes only from multiple opportunities or, and multiple failures. It's and the I persevere. think in a way, well, but that's, I think in a way, that's what's something that's plaguing younger generation yes. is that a lot of today's young people have not had the opportunity to fail because their parents have jumped in and saved them from Mm. everything and have rescued them, whether that means, and I I heard from people who are admissions directors at colleges that parents are coming with the kids to the interviews or they're going on job interviews with their kids or they're calling college professors and arguing about their kids' grades. You know, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) You're hurting your child that way. You're, You're telling your kid, I don't think you can do it without me, which is a terrible message to send, but it's worse than that. It's a terrible message to internalize because then you've got a kid who should be able to be self-sufficient, but can't take care of herself Mm. because she's waiting for somebody to come in and save her. Yeah. And, or so it's not, not to hammer too badly on, on young people these days, which
2: Mm -hmm. we have been doing
1: for thousands of years. But it's I mean it's something to think about that, that there definitely has been an attitude shift since you and I were kids. And when our parents said, what?
2: Mm-hmm. Just get
1: up.
0: Just yeah, get, I get mean, up. It's um it, it's interesting because you know the cry. You know the cry. They're in trouble, they're really hurt. It's almost, uh, and then it comes out. And you know, okay, right. this is a definite cry. You need comforting. But then there's the, uh, am I going to get picked up? Right. And it's like, oh, you hurt yourself. Come on, you can do it. Okay, the croutiers okay. aren't going to work. All right, yeah. so that's grandma. Right? <laughs> um, but also, I used to put my kids in the playpen with their toys and ignore them. I mean, my eye was on them, but ignore them. And let them do their thing and um, in the midst of all of this too my kids together went to bought another house to make an Airbnb out of it and i would be there every weekend looking after the baby while they are putting in new doors and windows and this and that and it was a nightmare for him to crawl around because there's sawdust and there's wires and there's everything else um so And I said, okay, in the playpen, let him play. And the wonderful thing I was watching him, he's just playing away. And honestly, just put the toys down and he had this beautiful smile on his face, like a wonderful thought was going through his head. And it was his thought from something he was doing. And it was wonderful to see. And if you're doing it with him all the time, it's not the same reaction. The other thing is uh, a lot of younger parents don't want to come across as too cross with their children they're oh, yeah. so like he's going although they've got all the plugs covered it's still no rowan no and i'm going rowan no and he looks at me and i go uh-uh. and he said but you're frightening him mom and i said no he's going to get to know that tone means business then no rowan and aren't you cute rowan and 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 he's like he pulls dad's beard and dad goes ouch and he laughs when dad goes no But if it's a different tone, right? just a different tone, okay, you mean business, right? And we we don't have to be cruel. We don't have to be harsh. But there has to be a different tone to the consequences. Otherwise, they're always going to think you're just playing with them.
1: Well, and it's so important because that type of thing teaches empathy. Yes. That you learn, Mm -hmm. you learn in particular from from wrestling with your dad, Mm -hmm. that there are there's a limited number of times you can elbow your dad in the mouth yes. before he says, We're not playing anymore. Exactly. And you learn that, ouch, yeah, I don't like that. And you don't learn it by pinching your kid back. That's right, no, cool. no. If you say, <laughs> That hurt me. And, mm-hmm. and now I'm putting you down and we're not going to play anymore. Right. Boundaries. There, there we are. And then your child learns that. But if 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 dad says, oh, oh, Ouch yeah. and laughs about the whole thing, then, then then you want to do it again. Yes. But you yes. want to make it, you want to this is the whole mission of parenting mm. is that we want our kids to be able to make good decisions by themselves.
0: Yeah. Without us
1: to be there. And and that process starts with exactly the kind of thing that you're talking about, is by by saying things in a way, not in an abusive way, of course. Right, but saying things in a firm way that indicate that this is not a game right that you're you're doing something to hurt another person that's not okay right so and and if in the beginning they don't understand what hurt means they don't even understand what another person means they don't understand (laughs) what hello means
0: no the world revolves completely around them (laughs) but they're they're like cats yes or
1: dogs that they understand the tone of voice and they and you you snap at your dog and the dog's tail goes down and Mm. they go they get all pouty and and they wonder what they did and they learn after a while, okay, you know, when, when you bark like that or you jump up on me, I'm not gonna play with you. Right.
0: Oh, got a little frozen there for a moment.
1: And for real, whatever discipline means in your world, but it, it's, yeah, it just doesn't work.
0: Right. And the thing is with a child, you know, the, that consistent tone needs to be repetitive. Because they're going to try and try and try from all different angles to keep doing something. And it's only when that repetitive, uh-uh, uh-uh, and they go, okay, this uh-uh means I can't do something. You know, finally, they'll get it. But they're still young. and you're going to be having to do a lot of uh-uh <laughs> over a lot of stuff before they finally get it. Don't get mad yeah. with them because they're not getting it straight away. It's for, it, is, it is their duty as a child to explore every avenue. And they right, don't yeah. know which avenue is good or not or which avenue is, is you know, is, they shouldn't be doing that or shouldn't be doing this. It's like petting the cat. You don't want them to grab the fur, but you take their hand and you stroke. Ah, put a nice sound to it. Ah, gentle, gentle. All right. No. And uh, I mean, if they look like they're going to grab, uh, uh, and we're guiding them as to what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable. Don't expect them to know it. Then I'm no. going to know it unless let you teach it.
1: And and it's not something that you can say just one time.
0: No, over
2: and Which over I again.
1: That, that's a with with dads knowing having done so much research on dads and child development and 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 fathers' expectations of things. We have a tendency as as men to be a little bit unrealistic. Of what we I can told expect you
2: once. <laughs> right
1: that's it I told, I told you i told the kid to stop okay yeah. and i mean even when it when it comes to just playing games is that dads will roll a ball to their nine-month-old baby and the baby will ignore it or uh-huh. will look at it with baby would, wouldn't even occur to the baby to try to push it back right but we just assume well everybody knows that it's a ball <laughs> you push it back i pushed it to you you push it to me uh, it, it takes a lot longer for these things, and it yeah. takes m- mind-numbingly amounts, uh, mind-numbing amounts of repetition, yes. to uh, to get to a point where things happen, where change occurs. But that's that's what it's about, and 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 we all learn as parents also that yeah. we're changing and developing, we're yeah. adjusting because we we figured out the the perfect sequence of events to get the baby to go to sleep, and that works. And then it doesn't. Yes. And then you got to figure something else out. Yes. <laughs> or you, know, you, you figured out that the kid loves this story. Well, yeah, the kid loves the story 374 times. And on time 375, he doesn't want to hear a word of it. Right. And you're going to have to find another story. Yeah. And so we're learning. We're changing. Yeah. We're we're adjusting our behavior to what's appropriate for the, for the kid.
0: Right. And- They've been reading to him since he was born.
1: Wonderful.
0: And and, uh, and so now the reading time has become calm down time and they read to him every night before going to bed. So they, the child knows it's it's a calming time, not playing around time. And so if he gets too wound up in the day, let's read a book or definitely before going to bed or a nap read a book and sometimes he's really immersed in the book you know or he's trying to eat it or he's trying to tear it but the thing is the book is there he's seeing the pictures he's being read to and sometimes he's engrossed and sometimes he's not it's never too early to uh, put in a good habit is it plus there's no no. tv the only screen he has is when he's zoom times mama yeah grandma or granddad because we live apart so and we would do a screen time and he knows it's me immediately and we're having this conversation and he's in his whole little thing so he doesn't you know oh it's on a screen now grandma's just there he doesn't know how I'm there on this little square thing yeah. right but there is yeah. no tv for him there is no computer time for him or anything other than you know when it is connecting
1: yeah, I think that's so, so important. Reading, I, I advocate reading from even during pregnancy to mm-hmm. read to the baby during the pregnancy because one of the things that that will do, especially for dads who feel a little bit less connected mm. is they can feel more connected to the baby. And then after within, within an hour after the birth, if they start reciting the book that they've read a hundred times during the pregnancy, which they'll have memorized by then, mm-hmm. the baby will turn to look at them. Ah. which is a really amazing thing because all of a sudden this abstract baby that's been growing in your partner's belly looks at you and it recognizes your mm-hmm. voice you're having a conversation it really tends to bring dads so close to their babies yeah. and so the reading is absolutely absolutely critical
0: yeah and again, I think that you know there's a lot of um you know it used to be the video putting your kid in front of the video or the tv and you know if you're going to do that a limited amount of time um but encourage the reading um my kids always had the time out in their own rooms to do their own thing whether it was drawing whether it was reading whether it was playing with something but learning to be at peace and comfortable with themselves which I think is something that's really, really important of being comfortable with yourself. It's wonderful when you're around other people. and When they were, they put plays on, they do all sorts of things, their creativity came out. But I think it's um, really essential that a child learns to be comfortable in their own space, their own time.
1: I want to just just mention something about screens, since you mentioned them. It's so important for particularly parents of young kids and into the toddler years is that we all need to take a shower sometime yeah. or make a phone call. You need to park your, your kid in front of a, a screen for five, 10 minutes. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. The problem is when it becomes the babysitter. Yes. And there, are, there have been studies that show that kids, little kids in it, you can find the it, it videos of this all over the place on YouTube of babies swiping across a tablet
2: yeah.
1: or trying to swipe on a, an actual magazine to turn the page. It's so mm-hmm. cute that because they, they know that they know the tablet so well. But what's happening is little kids, your grandson's age are not developing the fine motor skills mm-hmm. that come from actually putting blocks on top of each other, right. because it's pretty hard to do that if you really don't know the what you yeah. But if you just take your hand and you you drag something from one end of a screen to the other, it doesn't take a lot of coordination right. to do that. And so they're not getting the fine motor skills or the fine motor development
2: mm-hmm. that
1: the that kids that of those ages used to have at younger ages. So there's that. And then there's also the, the problem with the educational videos and, mm-hmm. and things, even Sesame Street, which is a, is a wonderful thing. But if you think about it, the way that you learn how to talk is the baby says, ba, and mm-hmm. you say, oh yeah, that's your bottle. Or you say oh they, yes that's what sheep say what does a duck say mm-hmm. and we engage them in conversation and they understand the back and forth right but if they say baba to the duck or the sheep on sesame street they're not getting anything back right and so the reading to kids mm-hmm. the stopping and talking about it and saying in in the process of your child trying to eat the book well where's the moon where's yeah. the dog just talking about things. Mm -hmm. And then later as they get older, it's why did this person do that? Or Mm -hmm. where is this person? And and they have to go find them in the other book that to get them engaged and get them in conversation. There's no question that kids who get read to have larger vocabularies, they do better in school, kids who do better in school, go better, go farther in life. I mean, there's just, there's no question. Not everybody has to go to college, of course, but Mm -hmm. you want to at least set your kid up for as much success as possible. And reading and exposure to live language, meaning back and forth, yeah. where there's, there's gentle corrections of things. Of course, there's always those words that they mispronounce that are insufferably cute that you don't want them to ever stop and you <laughs> right. miss, it, right? <laughs> miss it when it's gone. But, but just grammar kinds of things yes. or what, what we know how that, that's how we learned mm-hmm. is by talking and making mistakes. And somebody corrected us and we figured out how to do it eventually. But if you just park your kid in front of a TV and expect some educational video Mm -hmm. to educate them, baby Einstein or whatever, (laughs) it's just, it's not going to happen. And you're going to end up doing a a disservice to your child rather than what you hopefully hope for, which is a a better educated child.
0: You know, one of the things I've actually got to show with uh, somebody coming on uh, in about uh, uh, teenage youth that, that next generation who simply do not know how to talk to one another because everything is texting and emojing and everything else, they've lost the art of language in many, many ways. And, you know, this is the danger of it is that we've become abbreviators and abbreviators of our emotions, abbreviators of everything and everything is, is kind of the shallow surface just going down a couple of centimeters, instead of going down into a depth of exploration, a depth of understanding. And that depth of understanding comes from that always wanting to know, always willing to learn, always willing to explore, that conversation of learning from one another, being intrigued, you know, of willing to listen. Um, The art of conversation should never die, because if it does, we go along with it. And I feel that we're losing that a great deal to the apparatuses, and that you know yeah. they're they're wonderful. We're we're doing this through a computer right now, you know. And yes, everything has its place. Use it as the tool it's meant to be, but don't use it as an in place of.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I think what we're, what we're missing is the emotional side of yes. it. Yes. Even even the Zoom part is devoid somewhat. Of, of emotion. And we're not learning, I you mean, know, along with the other mm-hmm. things that kids in, in this pandemic period are not learning. They're not learning how to deal with emotions, with strong yeah. emotions, with, yeah. with, I mean, with fury. And that's when we, with, with parents. At some point, every parent is going to have is going to have a feeling of a strong desire to throw their child out a window, Because we just get, because they just can bring that out in us. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the ability to interact with other people and to understand how some people can just get you so pissed off and, and, and so happy, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's the full gamut of emotions. It's not just the negative ones, but we're not learning how to deal with them. And, and kids, especially, at least we have a a reservoir of emotional experiences as adults but kids who haven't been to school for for 2 years yes uh, they, they don't they don't understand what it feels like to be pushed over physically knocked over and 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 then to be picked up and given a hug by the yeah. teacher they don't it it's not there and and that's what what concerns me more than than almost anything else about this whole pandemic time yeah. is that they're missing the
0: interaction
1: what, the kinds of things that only come from physical contact
2: yes
0: yeah you know they're all around the table and everybody drawing or sharing a toy and doing things together you know it's we are a species that is better together we are a species yeah. that needs to be the tribe needs to be the village we are better with our counterparts and there's always somebody that kind of is a leader in this and somebody else that's a leader in that and we only discover that through our own integration and the more we have the isolation whether it be through covid or whether it be going completely down to i mean so much there's so many children now that really don't know actually how to hand write because everything now is yeah. done on the keyboard and yeah. it's again these tools are wonderful because now you could talk to people from around the world and learn a great deal more but we cannot forget um the basics and how important those basics are on, you know, hand to mind, the r- actual physical writing, and, yeah. you know, uh, t- yeah. to the mental, and the, the expression of self. And, you know, as I said, my kids always had a huge big chest of uh, dress up clothes, and they would have their friends over and they'll put on the plays, and they'll put on the things and they would yeah. be beautifully ridiculous. And they would always bring a wonderful smile to your face and a big laugh and they'll be so proud of themselves for putting this together. And it, it was wonderful because it was them exploring their, their expression. And we want to encourage that in our kids. And it's very hard to do that this way. Hopefully we're out of it soon and we can yeah. get our kids back together. And I think that's very, very important is uh, whether you're an expectant father, toddler, teenager, where, whatever parent you are at, whatever stage you're at, when it is safe to do so, get back together with groups of other people, with the kids, even if they go, I don't want to go, I don't want to talk to them. Just put everybody in the same arena and, yeah, you know, without, eventually they'll connect.
1: <laughs> without technology.
0: Without technology. No I phones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, other know, maybe
0: some music.
1: <laughs> music is okay. But I mean, even, even the parents have to watch this stuff. yes yeah. just because if you your dads in, in my classes are always asking, well, should we get one of those? monitors that makes white noise so that the baby can sleep or should we get one of those things i can't remember the name of it now but it's it's some kind of a like a a little hammock you put the baby in yeah. and it rocks the baby mm-hmm. you think well it sounds like a great idea but what happens if the power goes out
2: yeah The baby's not going to be
1: able to go to sleep in, in and should we get a night nurse who can handle the the midnight feedings No, you need to know how to handle a crying sleep baby who needs Mm to be fed. You need to develop these skills. And so it's part of part of the whole parenting thing is raising our children and and helping them develop the skills. But part of it is also understanding that there are skills that we need to be developing as well and that those skills are going to change as our kids get older. We're going to need different skills and we need to be constantly open to revising and retooling our own education as parents.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the beautiful thing about being a parent is what you discover about yourself. You know, as your children are discovering at various stages what it brings out in you or memories that brings out in you or the childlike, you know, enthusiasm that it brings out in you. And it's like, allow yourself, you know, to... I call it the silly buggers, you know, be silly. <laughs> be silly. I used to go and put on We Are The Champions and we'll all dance like and sing along like crazy. Or do, you know, if my kids were fighting, I'd start singing opera and anything to shut me up. <laughs> you know? It's like, be silly along with your kids sometimes and let them know that it's not just about I'm the, the teacher and you're the pupil. It's that, you know, we can be silly too. And I think it's play with your kids, whatever age group they're at play with them and I promise you as a teenager it doesn't matter what you do you're embarrassing me mom you're embarrassing me dad that just goes with the territory right yeah yeah Yeah. so drop Um, them
1: off a block away and that's fine
0: yes yes yeah Um, my son snapped his femur in half when he was 13 and uh, you know it was kind of a a fairly long recovery and all of that and then it is uh, and he was already kind of you know, the, the five foot, 10 or 11 at that point, you know, and to, and I was in hospital with him. And of course, because of his age, they had him in, you know, the, the youth thing. And there was a child four years old across the way that in the bed, you know, he, you could hardly see him. And there's my son with his feet kind of sticking out the end of the bed. And it's like, he couldn't move or anything else. And I was there every night. And I was there all the time. I would go home, cook, clean, shower, make sure all the other kids are all right. And I've got a team of people looking after them and go back to the hospital. And um, it it was good in so many ways because he could stop being the teenager and go back to being the child and allow mum to be there, right? At the vulnerable time period. But it's, your kids are always going to need you as parents, no matter how old you are. But as old as you know, as they get older, they're going to go through that defiant stage where you know nothing, you're just yeah. a moron, you know. Especially as you get really, you're just old. And, and I remember with my daughter, it's like, no, we're going to have the first couple of weeks with the baby just as on our own, and then you can come down later. We've got it all thing. And then I had bought a car just beforehand because I didn't need it before then. I bought a car just before then, and I waited. Mom, can you come down? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like. Uh, how did you do it with three children? And I said, I don't remember. I just did it.
2: Yeah.
0: And that's the thing. Changes happen so much, especially in that first year or two, that, you know, oh, I've got this down. And then tomorrow it's changed all again. <laughs> and you just do what you need to do when you need to do it. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a great quote by Mark Twain about this, who said something along the lines of uh, when I was 14, my father was the stupidest man alive. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got to be 21, I was amazed at how much he'd learned over that time.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and you know, I'm, I go down there a great deal. I spend a lot of time with them now. And it's like little, the little suggestions I make or the little things I do now, it's it's Okay you know, it's listened to. Um, And that's the thing. Learn from each other, please. Learn from the people who've just had kids before you. Learn from your own parents. Don't go, well, in your day, we did it differently. Yeah, maybe we didn't have all these, you know, white sounds and this and that, and we didn't have all these wonderful toys that you've got that, you know, that can look after your kid for you. Uh, No, we were hands on, you know, we had to work it out, have the benefit of our wisdom. Whether you use it or not, it's there. And you'll be, there will be a time it'll come up. You know, I remember mom saying this or dad saying this, let's give it a try. All right. But please be open to other people's suggestions or watching what other people are doing. There's no shame in saying, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Somebody help. (laughs) No shame in that at all. None at all. (laughs) So you have got so many books here. There's the ones that I'm looking at is The Expectant Father, The New Father, um, Another New Father, Fathering Your Toddler, Father for Life, and um, The Single Father. Um, You've even got it in Spanish and The Best Birth. How many books have you actually got? um you've got uh, a lot about, out here there's
1: about 30 of
0: them wow balancing your brain balancing your life i mean
1: yeah it's uh <laughs> Where do you have somebody, who never, somebody who never intended to be a writer that's
0: uh it obviously pours right out at you so you know when people say well <laughs> i don't know what this guy does and he's written about it So <laughs> well, my, my
1: kids will be glad to tell you how little i know
0: they're, oh of course of course yeah. of course you know again you know um my kids are all in their 30s my son Uh, and his partner, she came to the relationship with a seven-year-old who's now an eight-year-old and they're living together. And he was very nervous about at first, you know, do I want to take on a child? And now he, he was a natural born father. And now he just seems to have stepped right into parenthood and enjoying it, which is wonderful to see. Um, You don't know. I mean, I'm never going to do that. And (laughs) life comes along and sells something differently. Please be willing to adjust. Don't put those blockages yeah. in the way because you don't know until you open up. Right. So,
1: yeah, it's and step parenting is a tough job. Yeah. Have it you written really a book is. on that yet? Uh, no, but well, I, I've talked about it somewhat in, in various things, but it's something I need to do. I, yes. I'm, my my <laughs> girlfriend has two children. They're, they're both in, in their 20s, but it's there's still a, a parental stuff that sticks in the gets into yeah. the relationship that's you're
0: not my important. dad <laughs> yes. yeah,
1: and, and that's true and, and you have to understand that it, yeah. it's true and you won't be unless the person has died uh the the other parent has died but it's it's a special relationship you, you're you're going to be putting in a lot and the best you can hope for is that you can become friends mm-hmm. and if, if it develops into love wonderful if it doesn't you tried and it yep. doesn't always yeah. Yeah, uh, but again, it's it's as you've been saying, keep an open mind mm. and be there in in a way that, that you can have a lot of conversations with with your your partner about what's expect what's ex- expected, what's going to be supported, what uh, she mm-hmm. or he wants from you. Uh, it, it's it's not again, it's it's not easy. I mean, I've been on both sides of it. My my former wife came in as a as a stepmother and had a lot of difficulties with it mm-hmm. some of them were, were created by her some of them were created by the kids yeah and some I, I think were probably made worse by things that i did or didn't mm-hmm. do that i should have done or should have not done it it's it, it's complicated
0: hindsight like ah. makes for a good writer
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all the things that i did perfectly <laughs> If I, well, that I would have done perfectly. But yes, had I, I had I paid a Yeah, exactly. Well, claim I did the
0: perfectly. Yes. Yeah. But, but I think that's definitely the next book. <laughs> definitely got to have you back on that <laughs> one. Um, and I think definitely in today's day and age, there are so many people, you know, a broken marriage used to be, oh, you know, and now it's like, really kind of quite commonplace because we're very different people at different stages in our life and if we don't yeah. grow with our with our partner we grow apart and that's just the way it is and then children are the ones that you know in a lot of ways be kind of become the victim of it and sometimes it can work really really well i know many relationships where the stepdad actually has become the dad because they were there they were there yeah. they stepped up they became that parent whereas maybe the actual real father was absent and so yeah. it's the the guidance system needs to be there for sure and it's like, but it is please respect what they're going through you're also going through something totally new and just navigate together and remember to be open to have conversations even with the children right yeah definitely that's with the children. that's
1: the key to, the key to yeah. the whole thing you know everything we've been talking about it's really the, the mom and the dad, whether they're newlyweds or they've been in it for a long time, the the importance of conversations and being able to have a conversation without judgment. And it's hard. It is really hard. I'm not saying that, that, that it's easy to just sit down and listening to the other person and trying to hear what they're saying. And, you know, there's all these gimmicks if you can repeat back what they say and mirroring and all sorts of things. Or you can just listen mm-hmm. and, and just think that this is the person that I fell in love with for a reason. Yes. And, and I'm going to go with that. It's not to minimize the difficulty, but it, it all comes back to that is that so many of these things can be worked out or at least made less painful by understanding that there's somebody who's with you and who cares about you and is is supporting you.
0: You know, a tip that I would give, having been on the the one end, um, very often you want to say something and you can't because the emotions are too high. Please don't say anything at that time. Just say, uh, not at this moment. I need to take a walk. I need to take a breath. The other is write it down write it down, read it back to yourself and go, do I really want to say this? And then rewrite it where you can actually give it to them, because now you really do want to say that the anger, the angst, the <laughs> is out of it. And let them read it in their own time and uh, digest it in their own way. And then when you come together, you've got something to talk about instead of being reactionary towards one another. Yeah. You know, so I think it's a great tip that really does work. I, I find that men actually do, are better at kind of reading something than being told something. And so I don't know if that's true of all men, but from my experience, it has been. And I think also um, a stepdad writing to a child that's come into their life and, you know, whatever the age group and and saying, no, I'm not your father, but I'd like to be a father type figure to you. We're both on neutral ground here. Let's build something together and invite them to be a part of that journey. It will be a letter, whatever the reaction is at first, it will be a letter that will be in the drawer that will be read over and over again.
2: Yeah, I
1: think you're right. Wise advice.
0: So, you know, the folks, this is that there are things that you can know. And the more you know, the more it goes into your toolbox. And, you know, when something comes up, oh, okay, yeah, 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 okay, I know what to do here. Or I know how to prepare here. But there's an awful lot of parenting that literally is by the seat of your pants (laughs) just in the moment and a lot of us take a deep breath you know that this kid isn't out to get you (laughs) it's not depriving your sleep because it wants to get you it's the part of being a parent and I promise you despite the sleep deprivation the joy that a child is going to give you in your life will last you for your entire my kids are 33 37 and 39 And we have a beautiful relationship and we still, you know, have, you know, those moments where beautiful joy comes into our lives and it's, understand we do have to work on it, right? It's not just, oh, I'm just their mother and that's the way it is, or I'm their father and that's the way it is. No, as in any relationship, we all have to work on it.
1: You can have that kind of relationship if you want. I think it's less satisfying.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Just, yeah, I, I'm your dad. You just do it because I said so. Right. Okay. That, that's one way of doing things, which ensures that neither of you will ever really get to know the other one. Right. Uh, if you are interested in having a better relationship, a closer relationship, perhaps one that's got some uh, bigger ups and downs, but better, then, uh, you know, I'm your dad. I have some experience, but you know what? You may be able to teach me something too.
2: Exactly.
0: Two-way streets.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. You know, it just, we're not given a, wait, wait, it doesn't matter if you have actually a manual with you when you become a parent. You know, it, whatever's in the book it doesn't always, it's not always what's happening in reality, right? It, it's no. good to have a certain amount of backup and certain things. So don't worry about that. Or yeah, you can do that in this situation. But a lot of it is just in the moment being supportive of each other, you're in this together. And, uh, you know, it's it's an absolute beautiful job being a parent Uh, and to remember we are custodians of our children. We do not own them, right? Uh, They are our responsibility as they grow up, as we guide them and lead them. But we're there to actually witness and be a part of their own self-discovery, their self-exploration of who they are in the world. And it could be a beautiful journey along the way, yeah. right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So getting hold of your books. Um, I've got well, them right here on your on your posting, but
1: your well, new your book. your favorite webs, your favorite uh, bookstore, anywhere mm-hmm. you, you can get them. If you order books, you can do it that way. If you want to get them from well, not from me, I get I my, my links are to, to Amazon and Barnes and Noble also, but uh, mrdad.com, mrdad.com, dcom there's all the books, a uh, couple of hundred. I don't know how many hundreds of, of newspaper columns and uh, probably 500 radio shows. There, that's it's all available at that site and it's all free.
0: Right, not and, the and books, the,
2: no, uh, obviously.
0: Um, but if people want to get hold of you and you know what you're offering in any courses or any support, um, sure. and they just go to your site and everything is there as drop well.
1: Me a line. There's a contact me, and, and uh, you can get get a hold of me that way or just. Send anything to whatever you want, bows of the clown at mrdad.com. Uh, it, it'll all get to me.
0: Wonderful. And you know, you know fathers to be, or, or fathers that are our fathers now, uh, please, there is no shame in just saying, I don't know, and I need help, and I need someone to talk to. It is more courageous to, to say, I need more information. Than trying to say I
2: don't need
0: it. I'm sorry, that doesn't work anymore. Uh, We want you as a as a a co-parent there to go and ask questions, (laughs) to go and get as much information as you can, because then you're more supportive, and vice versa. With us women, we're going to ask as many questions as we can, and then come back together and share the information. And you know, and and it isn't one size fits all.
1: Well, no, there's also the the extra little piece here, which is that. When you, and you ask for help, you're going to become more confident. Yeah. When you're more confident, you're going to get in there. You're going to start doing stuff. And then you're going to develop your own techniques, yes. which can help somebody else. Yes. So you can actually be the person who gives help to the next person, the guy who's a few years younger than you, who's just yeah. having kids. So it, it helps to ask for help. You become part of the, the continuum of, of wonderful parenting or, or at least good enough parenting.
0: Right. Exactly. And, you know, basically at the end of it, if your kid comes out whole, <laughs> you know, they haven't been too many breakages, <laughs> you know, they're doing well in school, you know, they like themselves, right? They like themselves, which is a big one. And they've got a good group of friends and they grow up to kind of really, they're going to go off the rails for a while in some way because that's part of what happens. But they're coming back. If, if, you've, if you've given them enough love at their core you know enough sensibility enough self worth and uh, and enough support then doesn't matter where they go in life they'll always come back to that core so make sure that that core is really really strong the family core the core that you give themselves and love as i used to say to my kids i may not like you right now what you're doing but i'll never <laughs> stop how i love you that like has got nothing to do with love right i yeah. just i don't like your decisions but I still love you. And I, please never use love as a weapon. Please oh, no. never, no. never, oh, chills, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here again. I love having you on. Uh, when you've written that book on step parenting, <laughs> please come back. I know it's All needed right. desperately out there. Um, and because, you know, it, it's a very sensitive ground when two people come together, especially if, if, you know, you both have kids and now you're expecting the kids to get on. You know, and it's, yeah, it's, it can be a nightmare. It's, it's not all like the Brady Bunch. (laughs) Right. So,
1: yeah,
0: Yeah. so that book is needed. I'd love to hear all about it. Working on
1: it. (laughs) All right. Thanks a lot, sir. Thanks so
0: much. And uh, to everyone else out there, it doesn't matter what stage you're at. You could be the grandparent, uh, you know, that of the expectant um, baby coming in. It's like, hey, give them the books. Just say, hey, look, this is a little bit like reading. Read it when you want. Okay. It's there. I don't need the book. Believe me, they're going to go to that book when you're not around. So you've got somebody that's expecting, give them the book. You've got somebody with a toddler, give them the book. He's got stacks of books there. Whatever stage that child is at, give them the book. Because it's something that's going to help both of them. Even if it's just one thing out of that book that helps them in that relationship with their child. Hallelujah, right? Everything helps. So thanks so much, Amen, for being here. And until next time, folks, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. Please tune in to our selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows, and you will see all the other genres that we have from you. Every week on Tuesday, we bring you new shows from illuminating people. If you know someone that should be interviewed, please contact us at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com. Now stay tuned for your next show.